Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is hour number three of Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds here at the VEASAN Studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And we've got a good basketball game, maybe even great basketball game, going mm-hmm. on at the Breslin Center between Purdue and Michigan State. Right now, the Spartans lead 61-63-62 to 60 with, well, 63-62 with 117 left to play in regulation. I know you're sweating the under. I'm on Sparty plus five. We're hoping to get both both of these home, get out of here clean, and uh, have no shenanigans here in the endgame right, situation. Right, no shenanigans. That's what we're <laughs> going to be trying to avoid, basically for the next month or so. And we know yeah. you got. We know you're going to get shenanigans, but you just want to be on the right shenanigans and not the wrong one. Yes. Uh, you know, try to avoid those bad beats and uh, being on uh, television for. It's like, oh, I had this game. I always have this game that are on that segment. But nevertheless, <laughs> 63 to 62, 117 left to go. Sparty with the lead so Purdue has fought back here down the stretch no live price here at BetMGM down to the wire here but Michigan State with the ball by the way we do have a couple final scores at least from the early action we do have Florida mm-hmm. getting that win they avoided that pitfall down there at Georgia 84 to 72 Gators get the cover uh, nine point spread and also go over the total Toledo 88 73 that gets the cover Toledo was laying eight and a half goes over the total of 155 as we now approach the final minute in the Breslin Center also, quick note here, Bud Walton Arena, they're about to tip off between Kentucky and Arkansas. Razorbacks laying two and a half over at BetMGM. Total 144 and a half. And you saw on Twitter, Wes, that it appears that Wheeler and Washington will play. They're not going to mm-hmm. start, but it sounds like they'll be kind of touch and go there yeah, this afternoon. Cal announced that on uh, the uh, pregame r- radio interview for the UK radio network. So, Limited minutes, more than likely, goes, I'm going to play him today, kind of see how they are, but they're not going to start. So, uh, uh, Xavier Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington, as you mentioned, will be available off the bench. And uh, speaking of competitive games, we have a timeout on the floor. Oklahoma has absolutely melted down here. They were comfortably ahead of Oklahoma State. Now they're going to be life and death kind of to hang on here. 54 to 52, Oklahoma State, or Oklahoma leading Oklahoma State with about uh, 13.2 left to go. Oak State was getting about three and a half, I believe, at the close at BetMGM. 
Jaden Ivey at the free throw line for the Purdue Boilermakers. And I don't know the last time they were leading in this game here. It seems like Michigan State Mm -hmm. has been leading for much of this basketball game. And Ivey misses the second free throw. So we're tied at 63. And I believe we have an over the back. I think it's going to be called on the big guy, Zach Eady. So the Spartans Uh, will go to the line. Yep. Yeah. Zach Eady's got his arm, his uh, very long arms uh, up in the air. (laughs) Might touch the ceiling of the Breslin's. (laughs) Yeah, there was there was an over the back here. Jaden Ivey did miss the second of the two foul shots. Uh, well, uh, hooked the arm a little bit. Uh, there was some contact there, yeah. but they, nevertheless, Michigan State going to go to the line. If Purdue can somehow find a way to win this game, though, this is a gutty game. This does at least put, I think, a feather in their cap, even though mm-hmm. they still have those defensive issues. But to win a game that goes to like a halt and goes to like a grinder like this, you're going to have to win those games in the NCAA tournament at yeah. some point. Important note, Jaden Ivey picked up, I should say, Zach Eady picks up his fourth foul. So if this game were to be extended, we're not hoping that's the case we're hoping to avoid that extra period but if it were to go to that extra period he would be with four fouls he right now is sitting on the bench and right now we have Oklahoma State who has just tied things mm-hmm. up in Norman. So we're tied at 54 with 7.9 seconds to left. Life. I might have a little life. They don't call it under time. They, <laughs> they call it not. overtime. And now I have over 129 and a half. We have a total of 108 points right now between the two teams. So we need a little work even in overtime yeah. if we yeah, get there. Let's but play two, right? Yeah, <laughs> like Ernie exactly. Banks says. Yeah, we can play three, Providence Xavier style. You know, if, if, if we can get it over in that fashion, I will definitely not apologize like we mentioned earlier here. So really good game there in Norman between the Cowboys and the Sooners that uh, we got 7.9 seconds left. We'll see how that one unfolds. Oklahoma has the ball. They just called timeout. So Michigan State at the Breslin Center up by two, 65 to 63 right now with 39.4 seconds. It looks like the officials are going to be reviewing something. I didn't catch it, but we'll see what happens. I think Ivy tried to go in for a layup. It looks like they're trying to review who yeah, the ball went who touched off of the ball last, but you can see Jaden Ivy. That was absolutely one-on-one there. There was no passing the ball. It's like, I'm going to go off the bounce and I'm going to go to the rim. And, you know, you got to trust Jaden Ivy to do that. So, so uh, official review here, 39.4 left to go. Spartans up 65-63. Butler, your Bulldogs are leading 33-30 to at yes. halftime right now. They're catching two and a half on the live number total, 135, and you grab them plus eight and a half preflop. Yeah, second half, uh, by the way, minus seven for Marquette at BetMGM, 73 is the second half total. Adjusted number 136 for the full game. Butler, 13-16, tough year for the Dogs, but they have been playing hard, and they've been competitive at least over the last few weeks. All right, we promised it in the last segment. We're going to talk a little Green Bay Panchakarmas, yes. Packers, or what we're calling them here, because this is the more fascinating offseason in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And it revolves around the two time reigning MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Will he stay? Will he retire? Will he ask for a trade? All of these options are on the table for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers now. And when you look at this offseason, West, we have Devontae Adams, the big free agent for Green Bay. Their cap space situation is less than ideal. What kind of stands out to you in terms of how you might be able to attack the Packers in the futures market or maybe fade them and play on another team in their division pending on what might happen here in the next couple weeks? Well, I just don't know where he's going to end up. I feel like, you know, he's probably going to stay in Green Bay uh, from this standpoint because it's like 
all of this has been discounted in the futures market, or not discounted, I should say, accounted for yes. in the futures market because uh, we have seen Denver as low as like 16 to 1 because there's the assumption, hey, this makes sense. Nathaniel Hackett, as offensive coordinator, is now there. Now, I don't think they're exactly a package deal by any stretch of the <laughs> imagination. So I think maybe a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, overpricing there, I think, on the Denver Broncos because if that wasn't assumed that they weren't getting some kind of upgrade in quarterback, the Denver Broncos would probably be double that price mm-hmm. instead of being like 16 to one or right or, or whatnot. So uh, look, I got to think that he probably comes back, especially if Devonte Adams is going to be back uh, because we know probably going to franchise tag him. Devonte Adams, of course, wants to be the highest paid receiver in the NFL. He wants 30 million yeah. per year. Yeah. And I'm not sure he's going to get that necessarily with the franchise tag, but I just think if you're Aaron Rodgers, it's like, okay, where can I go that we are immediately a contender? Like, I can upgrade a team, but if I go to Denver, is that going to be better in my situation currently in Green Bay, necessarily? I don't want to go to Tampa Bay because I don't want, you know, you don't want to follow the legend, so to speak. And Aaron Rodgers, I think, you know, he has enough of an ego to be like, eh, I don't want to follow and piggyback and <laughs> off Tom Brady. You know, I kind of want to do my own thing. So right now I'm kind of in a holding pattern here. I think he ends up uh, staying right where he is. Almost feels like last year we're in the holding pattern with the Green Bay Packers in the offseason. We've seen them move some pieces around in terms of restructuring guys on the team. They restructured Kenny Clark, Aaron Jones. Just this Mm -hmm. morning, they restructured David Bakhtiari's contract there, all indicating that they could be packaging a deal together for one Devontae Adams. And he's the guy that probably is the unequivocal, just best wide receiver in football here. It almost feels like Aaron Rodgers is waiting on this first with Adams before he commits to coming back to Green Bay. Yeah, I I think that's what you're seeing here. I think – Everything that we talked about this time last offseason, I think, is relatively copacetic. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Brian Gutekunst, that feud got put out there. How well does he get along with Matt LaFleur? I think he gets along with Matt LaFleur just fine. So, look, uh, I tend to think he is going to be back. By the way, quick update here. It looks like Purdue has tied the game. Trevion yeah. Williams on a tip back. 30 seconds left to go, all tied at 65. We do have overtime in Norman, all tied at 54. Oklahoma State gets the first bucket. Please no overtime in Michigan State. Just come on. Come on, guys. Like, let's not do that. Um, But to me, it almost – because the Pat McAfee show um, hit that Aaron Rodgers did. He went on there usually earlier this week, and Mm -hmm. he talked about how there was no announcement being made. And there was so much buildup and anticipation, people watching that, just to see if he might announce something. And to me, when I thought about it after the fact, when he came out with his non-announcement or whatever, but he had his Monday gratitude Instagram post that he put out there, it was almost as if – He's kind of putting the Packers front office on like, hey, we're cool, but mm-hmm. I'm not committing until you commit to Devontae. Right. And like, just like, because now the franchise tag window is, we're currently sitting in it. March 8th is the deadline for teams to franchise tag players. It appears that we will see Devontae Adams receive the franchise tag unless they're able to come up with a long-term extension between now and that March 8th date there. But it almost is like Rodgers is like kind of going a LeBron path of like, hey, I'm going to sign a one-year deal 
deal mm -hmm. just to put a little heat on you guys to make sure that the roster, you don't get complacent here because he doesn't want to commit and Devontae Adams ends up not getting the deal and then goes elsewhere. Aaron Rodgers not represented by Rich Paul, though, by the way, <laughs> in Clutch not. Sports, uh, <laughs> where, where, of course, they're blaming uh, the Lakers front <laughs> office when it's Clutch Sports and LeBron that put the team together instead of Rob Palenka. Yeah, yeah, no, no Clutch Sports uh, for, the, uh, for the Green Bay Packers to deal with there with Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers has his own things that they're dealing with, as we saw last year. But it at least appears that the reason why I think that he does return is because you outlined it. Like, the perfect path for Aaron Rodgers to get to a Super Bowl is in Green Bay. Mm -hmm. Just because the Minnesota Vikings are due to pay Kirk Cousins $45 million cap hit. Uh, the Chicago Bears are in year one under Matt Eberflus, year two for Justin Fields. The Lions are in year two of this rebuild going on right now. Denver has to deal with the Chargers, right. the Chiefs. It's like it's like I'm, I, I should just stay where I am exactly. right now because I'm going to, you know, he said last year I own you to the Chicago Bears. He owns this division, I yes. think, right now with uh, so many rebuilds. You know, you have two new head coaches, two new general managers, and then there's Detroit, who obviously the fighting Dan Campbells, you know, they bite mm -hmm. their fair share of kneecaps, but they don't <laughs> win a lot of games necessarily, even though they play very hard. A lot of talent uh, or lack thereof at many positions on that team. Yeah, the fighting kneecaps were uh, covering machines. Uh, they were. Especially against those big spreads that they were getting last season. Yeah, so to me, this Aaron Rodgers thing, it centers around Devontae Adams, what they ultimately do there. And I still think, I get the salary cap issues that they have, but if they get Rodgers back, they get Adams back, I think this is still one of the more contenders in the NFC. On the other side, we're going to give our Twitter poll, let you guys know a little update on that, who you would bet on to win the College Basketball National Championship. Also, we're going down to the wire in the Breslin Center as Michigan State takes the lead late with one second left. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
Get an early start on your College Hoops tournament betting with VEASAN's full front court bracket betting coverage starting Sunday, March 13th with six hours of free live video streaming on VEASAN.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every game. The VEASAN College Hoops experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, will analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers making the lines to find the best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket round one tournament betting with the VEASAN College Hoops experts on Sunday, March 13th at 6 p.m. Eastern, free on VEASAN.com. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe alongside Wes Reynolds here at the VEASAN Studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And we got about 0.4 seconds mm-hmm. left at the Breslin Center between Purdue and Michigan State. Sparty leads 68-65. As we were going to break in the last segment there, we saw a big three that was knocked down by Michigan State with 1.1 seconds to go. Uh, the bu- Purdue had a chance with 1.1 Throw the long pass to the half court. Jaden Ivey goes off his hands, goes out of bounds, 0.4 seconds. Michigan State has the ball. I believe they thought that clock should have ran out there. Yeah. Um, they're re- re- reviewing something. I don't know if Michigan State players are celebrating. Might gotten, might have gotten word that they might be winning this game, but it could be a big, big win for Michigan well, State. Well, and, and a tough loss for Purdue here, too, because that puts them back to 13-5. and five. Uh, They do have the sweep over Illinois, but keep in mind there's that pesky team in Madison, the Wisconsin Badgers, by the way, yep. 13 and four who did beat Purdue in Mackey arena earlier this year. So Purdue looked like they were in the driver's seat, perhaps to start to pull away and maybe win the big 10 or at least be the number one seed in the conference tournament. But it looks like 68, 65, by the way, that three was hit by Tyson Walker if about four seconds left to go. So yeah, Michigan state got it on the inbounds and we'll see if that foot touched the line there by uh, Malik Hall. Uh, so that's what they are looking at, but nevertheless, they're not only looking at the clock, but I think, looking at the possession 68 65 we'll get you an updated final when we get it and in Norman we are tied at 62 with under a minute to play in overtime between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State this game felt like the Sooners were cruising to a victory there and all of a sudden the Cowboys rally back right now it's off the board mm-hmm. over at BetMGM so you can't really bet into this live here but a fun game nonetheless though in Oklahoma yeah all tied at uh, all tied at 124 here so uh, maybe only yeah. needed one overtime for that over if you have yeah, we're hoping so <laughs> as uh, we, maybe we get a foul there get some guys on the free throw line. Let's shoot some free throws. Gentlemen, parade to the free throw line, hopefully getting Mm -hmm. us over in that game. I have over 129 and a half. We saw Arkansas and Kentucky have tipped off over at Bud Walton Arena right now, and the Razorbacks lead it 7-2 to early on in this game. They're laying 4.5 on the live number, total 144.5. Wheeler and Washington both in, but neither one is starting. Yeah, so uh, Cal said on the pregame radio show on the uh, Kentucky Wildcat radio network that he was going to play these guys today because I think maybe just to get a minutes I don't know how heavy their load is going to be because look Kentucky has already been beaten by Auburn so it is going to be kind of dealing into an inside straight to see if they can get the regular season title <laughs> they only match up once the, uh, this year and Auburn got the better of them so you know Kentucky I think obviously wants to be peaking for the SEC tournament and then the NCAA tournament so you know We know we're probably not going to win the regular season title. That's going to go to Auburn. So I think it's smart, you know, to see what you have with these guys, because obviously these guys are going to be vital to your run down the stretch. 
We have a game tipped off in Morgantown, Texas, and West Virginia. The Mountaineers lead 10-8 to at the under-16 timeout. Texas still one, or rather, the Mountaineers now one-and-a-half-point favorites on the live line. You can get that at even money, total 135-and-a-half. Also in the ACC, how about this? The North Carolina yeah. Tar Heels, 20-5. to They lead North Carolina State yeah. here with 13-30 to go. They're laying five-and-a-half Yeah, line. North Carolina probably on that right side of the bubble that, you know, last four in or last four buys, whatever category you want to term it as for bracketology but yeah, I kind of thought NC State might give them a game here. Like, maybe this is a little bit of a shaky spot for Carolina. So far, not at all. 20-5 to five here, six minutes in in Raleigh. Yeah, it's going to be a game to keep an eye on here with the Tar Heels. And they're always one of the more interesting teams to keep an eye on as we head into March. Uh, Hubert Davis in his first year there in Chapel Hill has, has been a little rocky. Hasn't mm-hmm. been the, uh, the best year with all the talent that they have. But they're putting things together here as of now against the North Carolina State Wolfpack. Purdue game. ball here, by the way, point four left to go. Trevion Williams is going to inbound, but uh well, Derek Fisher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're going to look and see what they can get. Ball and knocked away. That game is over. That's ball game. 68-65. Michigan State defeats Purdue as five-point underdogs. That's a win they needed, Michigan State. They had lost three in a row. They looked terrible the other night at Iowa. And to get a win over a team that would likely be on the two-line, we'll see if they're going to stay on that two-line. They might be on the three-line with the updated bracketology today. But nevertheless, 68-65, Sparty gets a win at home. How about Sparty Party? I was telling Scott Steinenberg for three days that I'm back in Michigan State in this Mm -hmm. spot. I love them against Purdue and get the outright win. That and it does good. stay under, thankfully, feels, for yes. my sake. So two winners for both of us. We avoided overtime yeah. in East Lansing. Now we do have overtime in Norman where the Sooners lead 64-62, to 17.7 seconds to go in that game. But we have a Twitter poll, Wes, that we'd like to get to because we love having our viewers, our listeners yeah. weigh in on the conversation. I always like to hear from the people exactly. on the Twitter machine. They are salt <laughs> of the earth, always complimentary to me, by the way. They, they, they love you. I know you're very popular there on the tweet machine there. Uh, don't <laughs> underestimate your pop- popularity. But the question was simple at VEASAN Live. You can still weigh in. We're not revealing the results until tomorrow. So you still have time to weigh in and have your voice be heard on Twitter at VEASAN Live. But the question is simple. Who would you bet on to win the NCAA National Championship? You have the four options. The favorite, Gonzaga, plus 400. You have Arizona and Kentucky at plus 800. And the Auburn Tigers at 10 to 1. Where would you put your money, Wes? Uh, Of those four teams, if I'm not involved, I would say the Kentucky Wildcats, albeit they are down here early at Arkansas, one of seven from the field for the start. By the way, Wheeler and Washington both in the game. Mm -hmm. Wheeler's already got two turnovers, and also uh, Washington had misfired on a shot. Final score, by the way, in Oklahoma, 66 to 62. Not great. Did that that get you there? Where (laughs) were you? What was was your number? 129 and a half. Oh, don't. 129 and a half, man. And they they missed the three-pointer, and I thought they were going to foul them with two seconds left, and they were yeah. like, we didn't foul. What's this in college basketball? Yeah. Sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. I know. It just depends. Because I was just seeing uh, somebody tweeted out that that final minute in uh, Michigan State-Purdue took like 18 and a half minutes to <laughs> yes. play. Didn't take long enough here. Uh, by the way, Oklahoma, I do believe, covered the final number, too. Three and a half, I think it was pretty much across the board. So, uh, tough beat if you had yep. the uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys uh, overtime sometimes where underdogs go to die. And unfortunately, their spread, the Oklahoma State Cowboys 
suffered that fate. Yeah, three and a half was the closing number there. The total closed 131. So just goes to show sometimes you get the best of it, but still you're on the end right. of the worst of it there as this game was a dead under from beginning. The only reason we had life was because we had the miraculous mm-hmm. Oklahoma State run there at the end of mm-hmm. regulation to force overtime. And I'll cycle back to that poll that we were just talking about a moment ago. Of those four, I would say Kentucky. And look, I'm already invested mm-hmm. in Kentucky at 16 to 1 that I took in December. So, you know, you've never really gotten like a really short price. That doesn't mean just because it's a short price, it doesn't have value, but I'm probably not back in Gonzaga right now at four to one. I mean, it's kind of like, we know that they're a proven commodity, but that's the only thing that they have not done in that program Mm -hmm. is, is, is win a national championship. They've been to a national championship game, been to a couple final fours. So Gonzaga, I'm not sure. Arizona has been a surprise this year because I'd probably power rate them number two, number three in the country right now. And I did not expect the Wildcats were going to be back this quick under Tommy Lloyd. So that makes me wonder, have they played a little bit above their skis necessarily this year with Arizona? Like, I think they're very good, but is it like too much too soon, Femi? And that's Mm -hmm. what kind of concerns me about Arizona. Auburn, like I said, that style, you know, can kind of be a little bit herky-jerky. A lot of that press, gambling for steals, giving up layoffs. And if you don't shoot the ball well, look, this is one and done. You have one bad night. You are out of this tournament. I don't care how good you are. So of those four in the poll, I say Kentucky. Yeah, we'll have Dave Ross joining us here in about 15 minutes. He will be the second half of betting across America with Amal Shaw over at Circa. We're going to ask those guys who they would bet on to win the national championship. But I wanted to ask you about Arizona here as we look at the big picture for the national championship odds. You mentioned Tommy Lloyd. He was the assistant under Mark Few at Gonzaga there. Was really known for bringing in a lot of the international recruits. Mm -hmm. Demonis Sabonis, Mm -hmm. why all those guys end up Rui Hachimura. Those guys ending up in Gonzaga was oftentimes because of Tommy Lloyd. Now he's at Arizona where he has that international flavor as well, but he still is a first-time head coach. And does that concern you going into March with a guy who's been there on the bench to see it next to Mark Few, but but it's never been the guy? When you move that one seat over, it is a big difference. And look, Tommy Lloyd, I think very good X's and O's, and obviously a very good recruiter, as you mentioned, especially Mm -hmm. internationally. But... There is a little bit something to that. It's like, do you need a little bit of scar tissue? It's like a it's like a PGA Tour golfer. You know, <laughs> you have to get close that first time at the major, and then you have to kind of lose and go through the pain before you can get over the hump the next time. Maybe there's something to be said for that for Tommy Lloyd this year with Arizona. It's the only thing that's making me a little apprehensive about Arizona because in terms of the players and all that right. stuff, like they have the goods and they do everything well. And Tommy Lloyd has been a good coach. He just has never been in that seat as the head coach in March Madness. On the other side, we'll get you up to date with what's going on in Fayetteville between Kentucky and Arkansas. Also, a look ahead of Auburn, Tennessee in the SEC. This is Betting Across America. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, on every key team, conference, and player to watch from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today to get the betting guide, plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash madness. 
Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefei alongside Wes Reynolds here. We're holding things down at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And we got a game going on in Fayetteville, Kentucky and Arkansas. The Razorbacks won a 15 nothing run at mm-hmm. one point here early on. Right now they lead Kentucky 17-8. to They are laying 6.5 on the live line, total 139.5. But every time I look up at that screen, that place is absolutely rocking. In West is Bud Walton Arena really has established itself this yeah. year as one of the toughest places to play yeah, in they, the country. They hit Cal with the whoa pig suey when he was out <laughs> to dinner last night in Fayetteville. And by the way, it is actually Arkansas 17, Oscar the Oscar Tashibwe. I'll yeah. get that out. Uh, all eight points for Tashibwe. The big guy's got eight points and six rebounds, four or six, seven shooting. But we mentioned that Ty Ty Washington, Xavier Wheeler coming off the bench. They've already both turned it over a couple times. Not a very good start from the field for the Kentucky Wildcats. Obviously still early. Four of 15, zero of four from three-point range. And we mentioned how good Kentucky has been shooting the three this yeah. year. Davion Mintz and especially Kellen Grady, the Davidson transfer. So, uh, you know, good start for Arkansas. I do have uh, them on the money line at minus a dollar forty. So, uh, good start for the Hogs. Yeah, what's interesting that Kentucky has not shot the ball well. Now it's still early because they didn't shoot the ball well against LSU either. Only made mm-hmm. two three pointers in that win over the Tigers, seventy one sixty six on Wednesday. So you almost figured that that would kind of regress positively. Yeah. But yeah. it's still early. But maybe something to look at, maybe in game if you're interested. If the Wildcats get down by double digits. Maybe bet them in-game there and get a pretty mm-hmm. juicy number, and they can maybe shoot well in the second half. I will say one thing for Musk, though. I think when he put Chris Likes to the bench and kind of had him be the little Vinny Johnson microwave <laughs> off the bench, the diminutive Chris Likes, who I believe is about all of 5'7", the Miami transfer, I think it has really improved their team. And look, that's what Musk has done. Musk kind of it seemed like he invented the transfer portal because he lived <laughs> off that at University of Nevada, Nevada yep. and he's done so at Arkansas. Of course, Amude, the transfer from uh, South, South Dakota, that's just a couple that come to mind. They have several different transfers on this team. But now you're kind of seeing later in the season, especially when you use the portal really heavy, it takes a while to get guys to come together. Mm-hmm. And now you're finally seeing Arkansas, I think, late in the season come together. We will see if they get the end result today. Yeah, we've kind of almost been seeing that with Texas there. Like that, that they brought yeah. all those transfers in Chris yeah. Beard's first year. It's been kind of hit or miss. Yeah, because it always is pick your poison with the transfer portal, yeah. I think, you know, because you got to get your right guys and blend them together. And you got to get them to adopt your culture as well. So Arkansas, at least so far, so good. And uh, Oscar Tishibwe now with his ninth point. So uh, <laughs> Kentucky zero, Tishibwe nine, Arkansas 17. If he gets the other guys to get involved, maybe Kentucky can get back into this basketball game. Uh, it feels like we almost have like an SEC semifinal going on today mm-hmm. here. We got Arkansas, Kentucky happening over in Fayetteville. Auburn and Tennessee in Knoxville. This one tips off 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific time. And the Vols at BetMGM are down to 2.5-point favors. This was 3.5 when we started the show. The total sitting at 139.5 as the Auburn money has come in here late. Yeah, I think I, I laid $1.40 or $1.45. I'm trying to remember what I laid on the money line. But support is coming from Auburn, and I kind of thought that they would. Maybe some of the casual bettors like, how is Auburn an underdog? They're yeah. the best 
team in the SEC, right? But, you know, Tennessee, very good. Now, hopefully Fulkerson looks a little bit healthier today than he certainly did against Missouri in Tennessee's win there the other night. But he did look like he was lumbering a little bit, and he's kind of the glue of that team, I think, defensively and, and offensively as well, the, uh, the senior leader, even though he's not necessarily their best player statistically. But, look, what Tennessee does defensively, I think, is what kind of disrupts what Auburn does offensively. Can Tennessee get you out of what you want to do? And what Auburn likes to do is obviously a lot of dribble drive, a lot of attack off the dribble, and then a lot of transition too because they want to get transition into turnovers and force you to turn the ball over. I think Tennessee has been a lot better at that this season with uh, Kennedy Chandler running the point and then, of course, the uh, 5'9 freshman Ziegler. Yep. They've handled the ball a lot better, so they're not turning the ball over as much. So I got to think that Tennessee is not necessarily going to give Auburn a lot of transition opportunities, you know, getting points off turnovers and limiting that. And plus what Tennessee does, I think, in the half court, stopping you off the dribble. Auburn, uh, you know, they're lethal defensively at the rim, but Tennessee is not a team that really scores a lot at the rim. It's a lot of catch and shoot, a lot of, you know, off-ball motion offense type stuff. So just from a schematic standpoint, and even from a situation standpoint, I do like Tennessee here. Look, Auburn, even though they're right now number one in the SEC and they do have that win over Kentucky, should it end up as a tiebreaker, Auburn's been living a little dangerously. Look, they didn't yeah. cover against Vanderbilt. They got away a little bit late. They lost at Florida. Mississippi hung around for most of the game. Auburn ended up winning by 13, but not covering. So, Played with fire with Georgia. Yeah. So it feels like Auburn's been living a little dangerously dangerously over the last month or so and uh, not a team you want to do that against with with Tennessee because this is a team that can really guard you they are number four in the country in defensive efficiency 11th they force turnovers in their own right but they don't do it with like you know full court pressure they do it because they're so good on the ball in the half court opponents against Tennessee turn the ball over 24 percent of the time or 24 percent of the possessions do you think Auburn gets a one seed Mm, I would have them on the two line right now. Yeah. I think some of the bracketologists have them on the one and they'll get the benefit. Maybe if they win the SEC, it's like, oh, you want an SEC with Kentucky <laughs> and with Arkansas and Tennessee. They just, when I watch them, maybe, you know, and I hate to use the term eye test because the selection committee does not use eye test. They use numbers yep. and, and, and such when they're meeting to see who's going to be put in the field of 68. But from a uh, uh, standpoint, I think Auburn at their peak can look like a one seed, but I think they're more like a two. Yeah, that's what, that's what they feel like to me. It almost feels like the winner of the SEC tournament, whether it's yeah. Auburn or Kentucky, yeah. probably gets because, a one seed. Because you got to think, okay, Gonzaga's going to be a one. Arizona probably is going to be a one. The winner of the Big 12, you know, especially if it's Kansas, is going to be a one. And then there's that other number one. I don't think it's going to be anybody out of the Big 10. I know the ACC is down this year, but could it be Duke? Duke did beat Gonzaga, who's the power-rated number one team in the country. So I think maybe you might have Duke and Auburn fighting for that fourth number one seed, at least as of today. Real quick here, I want to ask you about a game on the West Coast. UCLA, who's kind of this team that's hanging out there. They made the mm -hmm. Final Four a year ago. They're 20-1 to to win the national championship over at BetMGM. They're laying 13.5 in Corvallis against Oregon State. Total 139.5. UCLA is coming off of that loss to Oregon yeah. in Eugene. 
machine. The Fighting Wayne Tinkles took USC to double overtime earlier this week here, ended up losing that game. Johnny Juzang, we'll see what his status is. He left the game against Oregon with that ankle injury, but would you be interested in backing UCLA in a bounce-back spot here? I don't know if I'd be interested in backing UCLA, but I don't know mm-hmm. if I really want Oregon State here. By the way, Johnny Juzang, this from uh, Ben Bolch of the LA Times, who just tweeted this out. He is out today with a sprained ankle, there remains day-to-day. But, you know, with Oregon State, boy, what a fall from grace for this team. This team <laughs> was in the Elite Eight, and Wayne Tinkle is a very good coach out there in Corvallis. He mm-hmm. was great at Montana and his previous stops, but this team's won three games this year. They should have had USC beat a couple times on Thursday night, yep. and they got taken a double overtime and then just ran out of talent there at the end, and USC gets the win. You talk about a team that's kind of lived fortunate this year. I even tweeted it out the other night. I was like, how's this team 24-4? and four? I know USC <laughs> has a couple good players. I'm not saying that they're a total luck box, but it's like, man, you look at USC and they live dangerously. They win a lot of close games where it feels like they should blow out the Pacifics and the Washington States and maybe UW as well. And they just don't do it. So, you know, UCLA, I faded them the other night against Oregon. Dana Altman gets a sweep over UCLA. He'll try to do it later tonight against USC. But this is one I'm probably going to pass on. I just don't know how much Oregon State has left. I think they're going to continue to play hard because, look, they're 3-23. and 23. They have one win in back 12 play against Utah. So I don't know how much the Beavs have left in the tank after Thursday night. We got about a minute left in this segment. We'll have Wes's picks here in the next segment, but I'm going to give out my plays right now. Only have three of them for you guys to chomp on this evening in college basketball. And we'll start in the Big Ten. I'm laying the one and a half with Rutgers. I played this yesterday when the line came out. I just love the spot with Rutgers here. They always play really well at home. After last Sunday having to go to Purdue, earlier this week going to Ann Arbor, those were tough spots for them. I like them in this spot. I'm also going to step in front of Arizona plus ten and a half. Colorado is the best three-point shooting team in the Pac-12. And if there's one area where you can get the Arizona Wildcats, it's their three-point defense. That Rocky Mountain road trip is always difficult. And Arizona cruised past Utah. I think they stumble a little bit against Colorado. That's going to be a tight game. Then I'm laying it with Baylor. Laying that three there. It's just a really good revenge spot after Kansas embarrassed them earlier this month. I'm on all three of those with you. So hopefully I'm not the uh, water or the cooler <laughs> to your fire this Oh, no, afternoon. no. We're, we're, we're winning together, baby. We're doing it. We already got Sparty Park in the books there and we're going to win some other ones later on this evening we wrap things up here betting across america bet mgm on the other side zigazoo has made me zigzag what i mean by that is i swore i would never let my kids on social media but now i'm setting them loose on zigazoo before i found zigazoo i believed all social media was inappropriate for kids but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. GM welcomes you with a special offer for the NBA. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Welcome back. This is the final segment of Betting Across America presented by BetMGM, or at least the first half of Betting Across America. Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds as we typically at 1145 bring in our guy, VEASAN host and host of the First Strike podcast, Dave Ross. Now, usually we get the Ross-Reynolds connection. You've lent me Reynolds for the weekend here, Dave, so I appreciate that. What's going on with that? As we've been sweating. I don't know what's going on, but we've been sweating <laughs> out college basketball throughout the three hours here here together, but I hope all is well with you. Uh, what's on tap on your betting card this evening here, Dave? First of all, I've got to talk to my agent because it was in my contract that Wes and I do all the shows together. And then you steal my guy on a Saturday. What's up with that? It was a late so trade deadline there. acquisition. Late trade, de- trade He's deadline. He's trying to flatter me and tell me I'm popular, but I'm about as popular as a fart in church, Dave. You know that. <laughs> I miss my guy, Wes, but it's always good to see you all. Look, as Wes well knows, and Femi, you do too, I'm very excited, obviously, for UFC fight night tonight. So, you know, it's, it's, I love Bobby Green. How do you not love Bobby Green here getting his shine in this catchweight bout and finally getting a main event, right? But you give him Islam Makachev on short notice. I mean, it's like throwing the guy to the wolves here. And, gents, I did see some money come in on Bobby Green because Makachev was as high as minus 900. I'm seeing some minus 800s now. So some money has come in on Green. I think that's just because he is the sentimental favorite. But, guys, I, I just can't back Bobby straight up. I do kind of like and lean to the under in two and a half rounds here because if you try to find the pathways to victory here, I think Bobby comes out guns a-blazing and says, I got to get him out of here, keep the fight standing, and I got the proverbial puncher's chance to do that. Makachev, if he really is the next coming here in the lightweight division of Abib Nurmagomedov, then he easily gets this fight down to the ground and maybe kind of like a hot knife through butter gets this done quickly. So I think the gas tank for Bobby, who's got a great cardio profile, normally that's not an issue. But on two weeks with no camp for a guy Mm -hmm. like Makachev, I've got to play the under two and a half rounds. And either he gets the stunning stoppage or he gets taken out relatively quickly on the ground. That's the way I have to play this main event today. 
Dave, uh, anything else on the card, whether it's, uh, you know, the uh, main card or the prelims here for this UFC Apex card here in Las Vegas tonight? I know we got Misha Surkinov, Wellington Terman. That's the co-main on the main card. But any other fight kind of down the board that stands out to you? I did play Surkinov on the uh, on the undercard here as the co-main event of the evening. And to me, I got him at better price now. The money has come in on Surkinov. He's up as high as minus 135. I'm seeing now. I played him earlier in the week at minus 110. So to me, look, that's going to be a fight that's going to be played on the ground as well. Probably if, if I don't normally don't like playing decisions, it's like playing unders and you're rooting for the passage of time here. But I do <laughs> think this fight's going to be a ground and pound affair on the ground. I don't see these guys standing. I do think this could be a decision type fight, but I think Sirkinov just has too many advantages for me on the ground. So I played that one earlier in the week at minus 115. Again, that's up to minus 135 right now. So that's the other lean that I have here. And of course, Femi and Wes, let's go Cuse, baby. Let's get that big W today <laughs> and pull the go. upset against Duke, right? I know we're dead in the water. I say we, even though I didn't even go to the school, I went to VCU. <laughs> but I do think this is the type of game that Syracuse might shock the world a little bit today at the Carrier Dome against Duke. I actually do have a small bet on Syracuse at seven and a half. And look, uh, I know Coach K called into Bayheim's radio show. This is Mike from Durham uh, on the line here. <laughs> so we'll see what gift Mike from Durham gets uh, in his swan song, his farewell tour. Of course, these two coaches did coach together on the Olympic team. Jim Bayheim, the assistant to Coach K. So, yeah. You're right, Dave. I mean, there's something to it. Like, you watch the Syracuse team. This team can't guard a lick. This team can't guard no. Lampos. Couldn't guard you or me or Femi. You know, <laughs> and they give up a ton of points and a ton of easy baskets. But this is the type of game that somehow, some way, they find a way to hang in and even potentially win. And, look, they're going to need a lot of help, 15 and 13. Like, no time like the present. You obviously get a win today. You're at least – in the conversation or like on the outside of the outside of the last four in or whatever. But nevertheless, that's just what Syracuse does. Like late in the season, they get some, they get some luck going their way and they can make a run. And, and you know, Wes, I do like the over as well. I know it's, it's a big total there, 151 and a half, but you mentioned it. Syracuse just doesn't defend, right? And Duke's going to be efficient with the basketball. You would assume today Syracuse is going to have to keep this at at a high tempo try to outscore Duke in the end. And I do think they can be there in a game that should be played in the high 70s. So I do like the over as well in this contest. But, Wes, that's the thing. The ACC is so down this year, right? Mm -hmm. That Syracuse, if they're like, you mentioned maybe the outside of the outside of the first four out. So they've really got a lot of work to do here in a very short amount of time. But I do think it can start today. I'll take the points in the seven and a half. Sprinkle would have been on the money line here because this is going to be the last stand for all the Bayheims, I would believe, today against Duke. Bayheim's army out there in the carrier dome. We'll see if they can get that done for you against the Duke Blue Devils here. So, Dave, you'll be hosting the show with Amal. The real question, I hate to bury the lead, did you bring the 8-ounce gloves, or what what are we working with here this afternoon? Well, I told Amal yesterday that this show is going to be probably two of the three hours all UFC talk. So he's so excited <laughs> to join me for this afternoon show here on Betting Across America. I love it. Beat him up, Dave. Beat him up. <laughs> he, he, he might bark a lot, but the bite is non-existent. <laughs> I can't wait. We're going to have fun. But, you know, give me back my guy Wes next week, all right? We'll see. We'll see what we can do. All right. <laughs> Dave will be with them all at the top of the hour, carrying the torch for Betting Across America. Dave, always a pleasure to have you on here, and we'll talk Amal soon. Amal just walked in, by the way, and he said, you can have him today. Like, Amal already wants to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's going to be live betting something, or he's probably down something. Who knows what Amal's up to these days? Um, but uh, you guys have a good show, and I'm sure it'll be awesome. So uh, best of luck with it at the top of the hour. 
Absolutely, fellas. Talk to you soon. <laughs> All right, Dave. Uh, always good catching up with the Dave and Amal. You can see them, like we mentioned, at the top of the hour for another three hours of betting across America over at the Circa Resort and Casino. We got a few minutes, Wes. I want to get to your plays here for college basketball. I know you have a lot on the card, but here are the ones that you're going to give out yeah, here for we, the folks. Yeah, we narrowed down to three. We do match up on the Colorado Buffaloes, by the way, Love going that. against Arizona. And look, that's often dangerous here because Arizona's <laughs> on a streak. But, you know, a little fat and happy. Arizona, pretty easy 20-point win the other yep. night. Colorado and Tad Boyle's team, they've kind of slipped off the radar here a little bit. So they're a team that's probably going to need to make a run here at the T-Mobile Arena if they want to get in the NCAA tournament. But I think they're going to be up for them in Boulder today. And I took double digits still out there available. Western Kentucky plus two. I'm fading uh, arguably one of the best ATS streaks in America, and that being Middle Tennessee State, who mm -hmm. finds a way to win all the time. I, I, it's just amazing with this team. They got a cover, I believe it was against Marshall the other night. Marshall, who I had, was in the number the whole game. Marshall commits a foul, so I'm still within the number. Then Marshall gets a technical foul. Mm. You're taking seven and a half, and they lose by nine with that technical. So uh, sticking in Conference USA, Western Kentucky plus two, Louisiana Tech plus six also over North Texas. Louisiana Tech had North Texas down 20 in the first meeting. Couldn't finish it at home in Ruston so now they go to face the Mean Green in Denton County, Texas. And uh, the Mean Green right now leading Conference USA. But I think this is going to be a toughie here against Louisiana Tech. So I took plus six. I've got a bunch of other stuff also later in the day. And then, uh, of course, a lot of stuff pending throughout the afternoon. But I tried to limit it to three and get some stuff that hasn't tipped off that will be later in this evening. Arkansas leads Kentucky 32-30 with 340 left in the first half. I know you're on the Razorbacks small for a little bit of money line play there. Would you entertain maybe backing the Wildcats live here. They're 0 for 7 from 3. Eventually they're going to start knocking some shots yeah. down here in the second half. Well, and the one thing though I'm seeing with Ty Ty Washington, he does not look right. Mm -hmm. He does not look like he is ready to go and is obviously banged up. So, uh, you know, that doesn't mean I won't sponsor it, but <laughs> I just don't like what I see out of that. And that I think that's going to be a goaltending. So under four minute timeout, 32 to 22. Now Arkansas with the lead. Yeah, you just don't see this Kentucky team shoot this poorly in back-to-back -back performances. So, could be a decent live betting opportunity with the Wildcats as they are 0 for 7 from beyond the arc. Well, that does it for us here at the South Point. Thank you to Dan Fates, sports anchor and reporter at WHAM in Rochester, New York. And also thank you to Dave Ross, VEASAN host, host of the First Strike podcast. He likes the under in that Bobby Green fight there coming up later tonight, UFC Fight Night. On the other side, it will be Ross and a mall with betting across America for Wes Reynolds, Femi and Bebfe, and the entire crew here at the South Point. We say so along and good luck with your bets. This has been VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet 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 Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.